everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where the American people, toddlers, and kindergartners all over the world have been duly insulted. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. It is my weekly reminder to wash your hands with soap and water. 20 seconds will do it, folks. And of course, wear masks and practice social distancing. I am happy to say that based on my sources, there have been a number of reports of an uptick in mask wearing in a variety of communities that have had, um, shall we say, upticks of other sorts. Um, But this continued positive behavior will hopefully allow us to stem the tide of this pandemic. So let's keep up the mask wearing. I'm also horrified to share that the mayor's office seems to think that these communities only speak Yiddish. Yeah. Uh, And the same of the Kew Garden Hills communities, because they, too, got announcements in Yiddish. I mean, God bless the mayor. He never he continues, I should say, to never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Uh, First of all, I got to do a big happy birthday today. It's unusual that I do a big happy birthday before the national holidays, but because it is the birthday of one of my favorite people on planet Earth. I must wish Dr. Shari Mann, my sister-in-law, a very, very happy birthday. She is one of my favorite people, and for good reason. There are there are good people who walk this earth, and she is certainly one of them. So a happy birthday to Shari. And anyone who's listening who runs into Shari over the next couple of days in Teaneck, make sure to wish her a happy birthday as well. Trust me, she holds three days for her birthday. Let's do national holidays because we have our guest on the line and I want to speak to him so badly because there's just too much to talk about. But let's quickly do the national holiday. It is October 1st. It is National CD Player Day. Yeah. Anybody listening still have a CD player? You know what they look like? Your cards don't come with CD players anymore. Anybody ever own that that uh, visor case for your CDs where you shove them all in there and then you got the scratch kit and you got the buffer, you got the whole thing. Yeah, digital was certainly the way to go. I don't miss any of that. One of my kids did ask me for a Discman before uh, they went to camp last summer, which I think was pretty just sticky, frankly, but uh, she used her own money to go to Target and buy a Discman and, of course, got a blank stare from the person behind the counter. Uh, It's also International Coffee Day, which frankly I thought was the other day, so I really don't understand, but I'll hold three days for this also. It is International Music Day. It is Model T Day. Wow. Wonder how many people know what that is. It's National Fruit at Work Day. Yeah, not something we do here regularly. If it was National Bagel Day, yes. National Bagel Day is something that we do often here at the Nachum Siegel Network. National Fruit Day, not so much. National Hair Day. National, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't get that one either. National Lace Day, for those people who are dressmakers. I mean, shout out to you, I guess. It's Willy Wonka Day. Does that mean I'm supposed to eat chocolate? Does that mean that there's like a winning ticket somewhere? I do not know. I do not know. It is Vegan Baking Day, which only goes in line With another wonderful celebration, World Vegetarian Day. Now, if you remember, last week on That's Life, I did announce that the next day, last Friday, was Hug a Vegetarian Day, and I was available for hugs. Today, however, is World Vegetarian Day, so frankly, I'm available for an avocado. Want to send me an avocado? I'm right here waiting for you. 
You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So much to speak to Jake Novak about. He joins us this morning. I refer to him as a political genius for, for many, many good reasons. And he is also the host of Novak Now here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Jake, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Of course, I get to go on after Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, so thanks a lot for that. Yeah, but, uh, no problem. I'll do my best to, to keep the quality at that level. Yeah, I would say if you could try and bring the spirituality in the conversation <laughs> that we're about to have about politics, then you're a better person than I am. Um, you, you, We have so much to discuss. I'm going to try to get through all of it. I, I doubt I will. But the first thing I obviously want to discuss are the the presidential debates, or as I like to refer to it, the presidential debacle that uh, occurred in front of, God knows, the entire world uh, two nights ago. So there's always talk about the undecideds and whether undecideds really come out after a debate, having been able to make a decision based upon what they've just seen. Are the undecideds, in your opinion, any closer to making an informed decision about who they want to vote for, or are they just going to stay home at this point? Well, that's a trick question, because if you know uh, what I've written about for years and talked about, there's no such thing as an undecided voter. Right. Uh, What we have are voters who are not willing to declare. So let's call them the undeclared. Did anything happen in the debates uh, I guess it was yeah, Tuesday night, right. that would, that would uh, allow an undeclared voter to use a mechanism that I like to call the fake because. Good. Um, those, uh, this is, now, this is something that we need to understand about the human mind that I think a lot of your listeners will possibly be insulted by, and I don't mean to insult anyone personally. But I don't care if you're Albert Einstein or someone with a second-grade education. The fact is we make our decisions about whom to vote for in an instant, most based mostly on our emotions, and basically about the same process we use to decide whether someone is physically attractive or not. That's how long it takes. It's ridiculous. It's sad for in some ways. I wish it were a better, you know, wish we had a better choosing process. The good news is that for a lot of people who are emotionally stable and have a certain life wisdom to them, their initial emotional reaction will be in line with any radical, any, any rational uh, list of reasons why they're voting for somebody. In other words, they won't think, well, I really like this guy, uh, subconsciously, I really like this guy's smile, I'm going to vote for him, and yet he's against all the things that I like. That's not going to happen <laughs> if you're sort of well-adjusted. But for a lot of us, that really is the reason why we vote for this. I mean, th- let me just give you one quick point to prove it. We all know people who are incredibly successful and incredibly well-educated and incredibly wise in their lives who are voting for Donald Trump. We, we know probably just as many who are voting for Joe Biden. So clearly, education, rationality, all the smarts in the world don't really play that much of a role in deciding who we vote for. It's really, it's, it's maybe a sad thing about humanity, but if you don't understand that, if you don't come to the table understanding that about American elections and all elections, then you're going to be left sort of in the dark about how things go. So, to answer your question, no, I don't think that there was a really big slam dunk fake because type thing that happened in the debates because 90%, I think, of what I saw, even for people who are very partisan, uh, as far as the reactions to the debate, is that basically the, the general consensus is it was really rowdy, it was chaotic, it was nasty, and everyone is kind of saying that first before they may go on to say something they liked about or disliked about any particular candidate. And when you have that kind of a sort of a... It it, it didn't work for either side type result for a debate. It's not going to provide a a really slam dunk, fake because the thing I can say at a cocktail party or or at a Shabbos table that everyone, even if they don't agree with me, will say, okay, 
I, I understand what you're saying. You, I can't, you can't say at the Shabbos table, well, I'm not voting for Biden because of the chaotic debate. That doesn't make sense to anyone because both, almost everyone thinks that everyone was responsible for this lousy debate. So did anyone finish watching the debate or as much as that they could stomach watching and decide that they are now switching sides and voting for the other guy? No, I really don't think so. Again, someone might say that, but I really don't think that's the case because, again, if they're engaged enough to watch the debate, that means they've seen these candidates on TV or heard them on the radio before, which means within five to ten minutes of hearing it, they made their decision in the election. They may not have admitted it to themselves or admitted it publicly. So if they watched the whole debate or watched a good part of it, and by the way, the ratings were incredibly low for the debate, which is something we're talking about as well. But anyway, that just tells me that, no, <laughs> they're not going to come up with, I mean, what I'm looking at a debate is, is, is that moment where someone can say, hey, this guy said something really, really crazy. I, I know that that person already made the decision not to vote for that guy anyway, but then they, now they have this excuse. And there was really nothing there. I mean, I, I could find plenty of things that I didn't like uh, that Joe Biden said, a few things that Donald Trump said that I didn't like or he didn't take advantage of, but nothing big enough that everyone heard it and everyone would say, okay, I, I, I understand what you're talking about. That's what you need if you're going to publicly come out from being an undecided voter. So you bring up something that has been bothering me for, for the last day and a half. And that is, you know, the, the definition of insanity. If insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, then we should not be expecting any different from Donald Trump when he is behind the podium during a debate. His behavior, in my opinion, was in line with what we've seen for the last number of years. And, and I'm frankly sick of everyone saying, but he moved to the embassy. Please stop saying that to me. But there is, there is nothing, in my opinion, that was shocking about his behavior Tuesday night. What I think people are finding shocking is that Joe Biden has a lot of that same, shall we say, I'm going to use the word crudeness because I don't want to use the word nastiness, but the same kind of crudeness or a similar kind of crudeness that President Trump has as well. So are we not all crazy? Are we holding are we holding this president to a level of behavior and diplomacy that he shouldn't be held to? Well, I'm really glad you couched the question as you did, um, because there's, there's another thing. So like I said in my earlier answer, when I said, if you don't understand how people make their choices in the elections, you're going to be lost. There's another thing that I think a lot of people, especially those who are in the news media, especially those of us who consider ourselves, uh, you know, if you consider yourself maybe an amateur pundit on the election, there's another thing that you don't, if you don't understand, you're going to be lost a little bit, especially in the era of Donald Trump, which is the nastiness of the debate, the lack of the decorum, the lack of chaos, which a lot of us are saying, you know, everyone who's published is saying, this is a shocking, this is terrible, even if you like Trump or like Biden, you know, you're saying, oh, I wish I had better decorum. You have to understand there's a significant segment of the American public that does not agree with you. They think that the entire political process has been a garbage heap for decades and decades and decades, and they appreciate a candidate who comes in and treats it like the garbage heap that it is. And I'll tell you a little anecdote that really brought home to me not only the, 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 the veracity of what I just said, but also how so many people don't understand it. When I was a senior at Yeshiva of Flatbush, I took the AP political science test. <laughs> and as we were reviewing for the test, the teacher brought us some of the past, you know, the, the, the tests from the past to, to work through, and, and you know, as, as she should. She's still there, by the way. Wow. Her name is Shelley Kaplitz, long, 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 time, <laughs> long time teacher there. 
And so we're going over some of the questions from a test for maybe two years before we took it. And one of the questions was, uh, all the data shows that over the years, fewer and fewer American people have been voting in elections. What's the reason for this, uh, you know, th this low voter turnout? And I remember we were told, now listen, folks, the right, now there's a multiple choice question. We were told, now listen, folks, the right answer, according to the, you know, educational testing service was uh, lower education, weaker civic, civics education and apathy. You know, people just don't care because right. they're not having good enough education. Right. There was another choice in the multiple choice that said alienation uh, by many, many millions of voters feeling alienated by the process and feeling like there's no party or candidate or, or anyone in government who really speaks for them. And I remember I had a battle royale with, with our teacher, and, and she actually was, you know, she wasn't representing educational testing service, but I had a battle royale in that class. I said, how can you, that not be the right answer? Mm. And, and it occurred to me, I was probably the only one in the class who had ever lived outside the New York area. I grew up in the South, mm -hmm. as many, many, many of your listeners might know. And I was like, boy, do these people even know any American humans? I, there are millions of, and that was 1988. We know for a fact that in 2016, Donald Trump brought in probably... I want to say two to three million American voters who had not voted since the 1980s. They were so alienated by the whole process. And, and this was a, a large chunk of those voters were factory workers, laid off mm. people, or people who worked in the blue-collar states, which is why the pollsters keep missing them. They're missing them again, by the way. Yeah. You know, if you haven't voted in an election, uh, in most elections in the last 20 years, the pollsters aren't going to find you on, on, on the phone ro rolls. They won't find you. So... To me, this is, an, if, again, I'm not saying the decorum was nice at the debate. Believe me, I am not endorsing anyone's behavior at the debate, least of all Chris Wallace, who lost control of it with the 1970s-style format, which has opened the door for pandemonium. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot. I agree with you, Miriam. How could you not expect it to get out of right. hand right. if you knew these people? But if you don't understand that there is a significant segment of the population, and I don't, I'm not just talking about the two or three new million voters who came to Trump after years of not voting. I'm talking about tens of millions of Americans millions of Americans who think the whole process is baloney, think that government is no good, think that the debate process is silly. You know, how come this guy in a suit gets to be the moderator? How come I don't get to ask a question? You know, we've seen some debates in the past where, the, where, the, where a mm -hmm. real town hall gets to ask questions, not like the ABC thing where they set up a bunch of people yeah. to pretend that they were undecided. So it, th there's a lot going on there. If you don't understand that, then you're going to think, gee, how could anybody not be appalled by this? You know, think about that person who walks around with a T-shirt with a bad word on it or a bumper sticker with a nasty, uh, you know, word on it. And I think to myself, okay, our immediate reaction is that guy's really crude or he's a jerk. But what I start thinking about is how much of a garbage heap does that person think the world is, that he thinks he can put the F word on a T-shirt and walk around in public with it? He must really think we live in a toilet. And that's something – not, that doesn't excuse it. Believe me, I'm not right. excusing it. But that's something you have to understand before you just say, well, that's just a bad guy. And, and that's really something that you need to understand about this debate and all the process of this election. And do you think that they should cancel the other debates? I think they should change the format. Well, it sounds uh, like they've I think already... they should have something more like the Lincoln-Douglas debates – we're basically, they're told, okay, we're going to talk about this issue today. You get a couple of minutes to, to flesh something out. The other person can't talk then. Their mic is muted or they're not even on, or, or, they're, or they're just sort of not even in a place where they can't, in front of a mic. Right. And then the other person can come on. And I think actually, though, the best thing would be if we just let people ask questions, see how it goes. You know what, I, I love this, well, we're worried, what if somebody says something terrible? Like, well, th that's America. You know, it's, it's like, we're, believe me, I mean, on the Internet and on cable, you're going to see a lot worse anyway. Uh, I think the only thing you need to do is just try to keep the other candidates' mic muted. But that's got to be something that happens for both candidates. If a lot of people are worried that they're only going to mute Donald Trump's mic right. in, the next, in, in the next debate. And by the way, 
Uh, Ari Fleischer, who used to be President uh, George W. Bush's uh, White press House secretary. press secretary, yep. and and uh, is it, just like me. I I rewatched the first ten minutes of the debate the other night, and it was Biden and Wallace who did the interrupting first. They set the tone, and of course, they, I'm not saying Trump wouldn't have done it eventually anyway. Right. But it was Biden and Wallace who started. Now, I, I sound like a, a you know three year old saying he started it. I get it. <laughs> but the point is. It's not about who started it. It's just that the understanding that as long as they have the same rule for both candidates, that the, the other candidate's mic is muted and we really can't hear him when the other is talking, and that goes for both sides all the time, I think that'll, that'll lead to a better debate. I, I can't believe they won't do, change some rules, but I'm very worried because I think that one or the other candidate will probably get the short end of some new rules. If that happens, then you're going to have canceled debates because that candidate who feels shorted isn't going to show. Right. Right. Very good point. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Jake Novak joins us this morning. He is our in-house political genius. You can listen to him every Monday morning at 11 a.m. as he hosts Novak Now. Let's talk for a second. I mean, because we could talk about it for hours and we could cry in our coffee. Let's talk for a second about the campus Unrest, shall we say, if you're a Jew. So recently, as of as recent as yesterday, NYU was forced to recognize anti-Semitism as a form of harassment, and now now will uh, take strides in protecting Jews on campus. But this is only part and part part and parcel of what's been going on on American campuses. As recent as the Columbia student vote to divest all investments from Israel and let's not forget the wonderful appearance of Leila Khalid at the University of California in San Diego, who, um, you know, is a well-known plane hijacker with the intent of killing as many people as possible. So basically, my question is this. Should we pretend to be surprised anymore that this is what's going on in a college campuses in the United States, or is it actually still surprising? Um, the only reason why this is a little bit surprising now is the incredible audacity. I don't know if you mentioned you mentioned a lot of good times. You mentioned the decision at Columbia University where they've decided to to endorse a BDS boycott of Israel that student body did. That happened uh, earlier this week. Right. Um, the only aspect of that that shocks me is there's not even anyone on campus at Columbia right, right now. The entire, I mean, there's a couple people here and there, but the entire semester, and I think maybe the entire year, is going to be online. It's online for the next year and a half. They are not going back on campus till 2022. Yeah, so they so they don't have kids on campus taking classes, but they found some way to have a student body vote to boycott Israel. I mean, right. to me, that's just that. I, I thought to myself, okay, at least some of that campus craziness will be on hold because they're 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 going to be at home. Nope, they nope. decided to do this. So that was the only shocking part of it. Mm. The other shocking, I mean, this isn't a shocking part. The other funny quirk about this is for those of your listeners who are students of history, maybe you you might know. For example, the, the American War of 1812 had a funny ending to it because it was basically one a, a, great, a great victory was won by the United States at the Battle of New Orleans about six months after a peace treaty was signed, or a couple months after a peace treaty was signed to end the war. But because they didn't have Internet or telegraph or even telephones back then, the, the warning parties didn't know <laughs> that the war was over. And I wonder if the people who are, who are really the foot soldiers for BDS on campuses around the, around the United States don't know yet that... For example, Qatar, the nation of Qatar, which has been the biggest fundraiser or 
funding clearinghouse for BDS movements across the across the the United States over the last several years is actually mulling the possibility of joining in with Bahrain and the UAE in a peace deal with Israel, which will include probably the end the ending of funding. By the way, there is a precedent for this. We know that Saudi Arabia has cut off a lot of funding for this kind of nonsense years ago. So we know that this could actually happen in Qatar. Although Qatar is a great example of that Yiddish saying, they like to dance at all costs. They'll probably try. I don't know what they're going to try to do moving forward. But my point is, there's a good chance that the, this, this is leftover money from last semester that they had because everyone was sent home. I, honestly, that's really what could be happening. It could, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It could be one of those situations where they, they call the organizer and they say, uh, who are you? Uh, we're not doing this anymore. Right. So, so that could be the situation. But really, so potentially, the, 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 so potentially they're banging a drum and there's nobody listening anyway. That, that could very well be happening. I mean, I, I'm not even being too optimistic about it because, again, Cutter is thinking about doing this. Cutter is looking, is always looking to dance at everyone's wedding, and they're seeing what's going on with Iran. And they're, they, they have been the, the conduit for Iran for a lot of nasty things Iran does, a lot of th- other things that, and then Cutter does other things that aren't so nasty. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting country. They're really trying to, to profit both financially and politically by playing a lot of different sides. Of course, sometimes you can be caught on the wrong side, and a little country like Qatar could get really wrecked. Um, you know, for example, Al Jazeera is a Qatari organization. It's mostly pro-Iranian uh, stuff on their air and thing on, on Al Jazeera, which is why it failed here in the United States on a lot of things like that. It was more interested in promoting that message than making money. But you know, if if they decide that they're going to go in with this peace deal and and move further away from Iran, you're going to see a lot of cha- program changing on Al Jazeera. Mm. If anyone is still watching it online or reading it, <laughs> just to monitor. But anyway, um, the campus situation is is so very sad because it is a form of, as we know, it's a form of anti-Semitism. I mean, you know, there's no other country that gets singled out like Israel on the on the campuses. And it's and it, but it's again just like I was talking about. It, there's certain fa- uh, realities about the American election that if you don't know, you're not going to really understand. You have to understand that the BDS movement for many years was fund. It, it has been funded by Qatar, basically with Iranian encouragement and Iranian funding as well. And for a long time, the Saudis. But you know, the Saudis. I would say since 2016, probably even a year before. Stop doing that. For, so you speak about Colombia. I wonder if Professor, pr- Professor Rashid Khalidi is still taking two salaries. Mm. He was getting paid by Colombia. Right. He was also getting some kind of a stipend from Saudi Arabia. From I, have, yeah. I, I, I would bet big money that that was cut off three, four years ago at least. So it's a sad state of affairs. It's an embarrassing state of affairs. And even without students on campus, the student body voted you know, for BDS. Right. But the good news is, I can't see the money trail for this continuing for as long, uh, for much longer. I think that this is going to be a voice in the wilderness for for a lot of these people. And the kids, without the money, the funding, and the and the direction of some of these really strong anti-Israel partisans, like the guy who runs the website Electronic Intifada, without them guiding them, without money coming to them to run their programming, which is, by the way, cookie cutter across the country. Every campus does the same stupid Israel apartheid week. It's all the same stuff. Without that, I think that it could it could in the next few years we could actually see this movement die out that would be wonderful so let's let's be hopeful about that yeah that is a silver lining that is for sure okay in 30 seconds or less because if i go over this week again i think the host of the (laughs) next show might actually kill me so before we went on the air there was a report out that the republican jewish coalition has now pledged to spend three and a half million dollars in a tv ad buy in south florida tell me your thoughts on that um you know again that could let's let's watch that ad for the fake because. <laughs> Let's see if that ad says something more than just the embassy. Let's see if that mm. ad says something along the lines of, hey, there's been a 
coordinated effort to smear President Trump with nasty anti-Semitic slurs, which, which are ridiculous. Uh, that might work, but I'm going to be watching for that ad to see if it comes up with something that somebody can go to their Shabbos table in Miami or Boca or Coral Gables or say, you know, I'm not voting for Biden because they, 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 they put this out there. For example, so that's, my, that's another point to make. Will it be a positive Trump ad right. or will it really be slamming Biden? Because fake becauses are almost 99% of the time negative things that you say about the guy you're not voting for, or the woman you're not voting for. So let's look for that in, that in that ad very closely. Well, I very much hope that you have trademarked the fake because, <laughs> because it is not only is a genius, and as I mentioned to you right before uh, Yuntif, that it basically is the excuse for, or is the reason for 90% of the things I do in my life. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is such an important phrase that um, it should be in everyone's vernacular. Again, Novak now. You can listen to Jake 11 a.m. Monday mornings. Jake, thank you so much for your time. This was a fabulous conversation. You always have so much insight. And frankly, you're always right. So uh, so that's, that's you know, that's great. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great week. Thank you. You too, in regards. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm so trying to end on time this week. The afternoon continues. Full day of programming, as Nachum would say. Don't touch that dial. And don't be that person who says to me, there is no dial. I don't want to hear it. Don't touch that dial. The live lunch starts in just a few moments. Hosted by Nachum Siegel. Throwback Thursday is at 1 p.m. Encore of JM Rewind is at 4 p.m. And, of course, a brand new Arab Shabbos show where uh, Mark includes all the songs he missed last week <laughs> we'll start at 7 p.m this evening 7 p.m eastern time join nachem tomorrow morning as he hosts jmnam at 6 a.m eastern time avrami hosts saturday night seagull this month say shabbos 9 p.m and uh yes matis no there's no what are we talking about um why am i saying this you're shaking your head at me right because it's yontif yeah i did the same thing again mm-hmm. that's fine right there's no Saturday Night Seagull. I was just kidding. No Saturday Night Seagull, no Matis, because I'm wishing everyone a Chag Sukkot Sameach. Everyone in Seger, in Israel, everyone in lockdown, a shout out to all of you and our love to everyone, that is for sure. We're going to close today with Visamachta Bechagecha. Yes, a Kesher classic. That is my shout out to Lenny Solomon. Lenny, hope you are on the mend, buddy. We are all pulling for you here. Our thoughts are with you. Chag Sameach, everyone. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Yeah, so